right? Yeah. I thought that was interesting. But I, I knew what the allegory of the cave was because of our podcast. It's a good allegory. Of the cave. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Slant. And, and I'm Matt Berg. He's also he's <laughs> also the host. We're both hosts. Co-hosts. Co-hosting. As always. Oh man, I'm so sorry. It's so early. It well, is, it's not early. It feels it's a early reason, today. It's a reasonable time, but it's just. Was it a busy week for you? Yeah, it was a very busy week. Late nights, overcast, rain, hurricane coming up. I mean, we won't get hit by it, but it's just gonna. It changed course, right? So we're, yeah, our weekend's gonna look a little bit nicer than we thought, which is good. I um, less rain makes. I mean, I do enjoy the rain. Rain is a good time, but you know what you can't have when it rains? What's that? You can't have a fireworks show. No, they cancel the show. Is and that a bridge? It is the biggest bridge I could think of in the moment to talk about <laughs> my topic, fireworks. Which we have not covered before. No. See, we're getting to the point that we have 71 episodes. This is our 71st. Yep. Which means we have 140 topics that we've talked about. Give yeah. Or take. And we yeah. haven't repeated. There's a lot of things in the world to talk about. And if we ever run out, well, I guess we'll stop there. 140 topics. That's more than two. More than two topics. It's more than two top right there. Well, add add to our 139. Add 140 right now. Teach me a little bit. So, you know, let's hit a little history of the firework before we get into the science of it. So... It was believed to be invented by the Chinese in the 16th century uh, by the Song Dynasty, about 960 to 12,079. <laughs> roughly. Roughly like a 300-year span. <laughs> um, and then the Arabians acquired rocket technology from the Chinese. Whoa. So we're looking at like Asia, then the Middle East. It's working its way. Because the next place it ends up is in the 13th century, English monk and pioneer scientist Roger Bacon. Bacon. Bacon man shooting fireworks. I love that uh, He does experiments with uh, gunpowder to do a similar thing. And then, um, but they're also used for war. Rockets similar to fireworks are used during the, inv- the invasion of China by the Mongolians. Ooh. So even before it hits the U.S. celebrations, um, it's already being used in warfare. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going to derive from warfare because gunpowder, explosives. So, yeah, it kind of um, – the Mongols use it, and it kind of spreads into Europe. Fireworks are produced in Italy around 1540, and they spread to England, France, and other European countries. When do they get to the U.S.? Well, first the U.S. has to be made. Oh, okay, yeah, this is this is pre-U.S. Yeah, like, then on November 5th, 1605, Guy Fawkes, uh, he attempts to blow up the English House of Parliament with gunpowder, like, buried in the cellar. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. that remember, tale. remember the 5th of November? Yeah. And um, <laughs> this gave rise to actually the popular British custom of a huge, fu- huge firework display on every November 5th every year. Wow. As in tribute to their, what is it, parliament building almost being blown up? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let's celebrate by using fireworks, not on our parliament. Wow. But fireworks, <laughs> now the British, they're kind of using it for their celebration, whatever, but fireworks become popular when the United States during the 19th century used it to celebrate Independence Day on July 4th. 1776. 
Insert firework sounds here. Uh, the American <laughs> scientists now the like last one the last like major stepping stone isn't too wild, but uh we swap out uh solid fuel in fireworks to a liquid fuel system for like some crazy fireworks. But liquid fuel. But this is because people are studying rockets at the time. Uh-huh. Like I don't know. It's not like a hot, widely used thing, but the fascination with fireworks, it's a primitive rocket in a sense. And when it comes to the space race, I mean, the 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 firework made us land on the moon, if you think about it. A, a really big firework. Controlled firework. Well, they're all controlled in a sense. They're engineered. They are. It's interesting. So, you know, what makes a firework? Now, a firework is, I mean, it's essentially a missile. You're just shooting yeah. a, a missile that explodes in a very controlled way that's artistic. But yeah, it's, okay. It's still a missile. Artistic rockets. You're, they travel around like 700 miles per hour, some f- like fighter jet speed. Yeah. And um, oh, yeah. the word firework actually comes from the Greek word pyrotechnic, which means fire art. Wow. Or fire skill. Because, I mean, I, I believe that's fair. There's a lot of skill when it comes to making fireworks. It's controlled, like you said. Artistic explosions controlled. It's pretty tricky. So, you know, fireworks are a combination of physics and chemistry. And let's get to the nitty gritty. So let's first talk about the physics of it. So the makeup of it needs to be aerodynamic to travel into the air. But also it has to, each part of the firework has a purpose. Let's start at the top. So you have your cone, which nose cone, the head, it, um, it's the part on the top that kind of gives it the aerodynamic form to get it moving. Pointy tip. And then right after that, you have the firework effect in the, in the next part of it. Now this could be, this is filled with different types of metals and elements that I'll go into later that provide the different colors of fireworks. Now, after that, you have the the charge, which is the part that makes the rocket shoot up because you need to have the rocket first get up there and then you need it to explode. So then you got you got the motor and then you have the fuse that you light. Oh, yeah, that's a fun part. And then um, you have own. an anchoring stick in the ground. But, yeah, the fuse, I mean, I love the fuse. You light the fuse and it goes, shh. Yeah. It's... A firework is a three-step process. The fuse, the motor, and then the effect. Now, what's your favorite color firework to see? Like a bright red ball in the sky? Red's a common. Blue's a common. I like purple. Purple's a cool color when it burns. Um, Sometimes like a very bright green. Very light but bright green. Um, What are the other colors? I mean, there's pinks and and deep reds. Oranges, greens. Oranges, yeah. Well... Let me read you a little segment from uh, explainthatstuff.com to give you a good analysis of what makes the colors of a firework. So exploding a firework is essentially a number of chemical reactions that are happening simultaneously. And what happens is when you add heat, you provide enough energy to create an activation energy, which is something that starts a chemical reaction because that's all a firework is. That's all fire is, a chemical reaction. So, this chemical reaction causes the compounds within the rocket 
to combust and start to burn with the oxygen in the air, turning them into other chemicals. And then they exhaust gas and energy, which is the light and the fire. And different color lights, correct? Correct. Yeah. Based on the, the metals. What makes the different colors of a firework? You need to go to metal compounds, also known as metal salts. Metal salts. So uh-huh. metals burn with different flames. You know, like... We've all done the, the high school chemistry lab where you stick it on the Bunsen burner and you're like, ooh, deep pink, you know? Classic. That was that was the next line they had in parentheses, the Bunsen burner, like, burning stuff. Yeah, exactly, chemistry. That's automatically what I think about. I forget what made what colors we had to fill it out on a chart. There was, like, a, a purple flame, like a deep violet. There was, like, a very dark red... Well, if you remember, sodium gives... Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Deep red. Sodium does yellow to orange. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, then you have copper and um, barium, which gives barium. like a blue and green. Yeah. And then you have your calcium, which makes your red. What about potassium? Does that have a color? I think potassium just explodes. Yellow like bananas. <laughs> but... Through combination of these, you can create other colors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's great about fireworks is, in a sense, it's the it's the beginning of a a rocket man's dream as a kid, because that's, I mean, as I was saying earlier, fireworks like watching fireworks on the Fourth of July can lead to the inspiration of landing a man on the moon. In uh, 1969. Yeah. And, you know, I think that is the most important thing to take away from the whole firework talk. It's this simple fun, these simple fun things can actually, like, introduce kids to a whole world of science. Like, I love learning about, like, what colors, because when you point up, I was with my little brother, and he watches a bunch of YouTube videos. So, like, he was able to point out different color, like, tell me what different colors were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. You know, we're firing missiles into the air for fun, but, I mean... It inspires a non-violent or non-celebratory thing. Well, something that can be celebrated. I think Rock- that's... The space age, rocketry. That's the best stuff around. If you, I, I'm thinking about it. You said that in ancient Mongolia, they would shoot these these fireworks up into the air. I'm thinking, like, is it the equivalent of, like, in cultures, shooting guns into the air to celebrate things? It's kind of like that kind of raucous celebration that started that, right? Explosions, well... Because they didn't know if it was going to come down or go over there, set a house on fire. <laughs> I think it comes down to the um, how people like view explosions. Explosions cause adrenaline. I mean... Yeah, yeah. And in a good or bad way. Yeah. But... That's a good point. One thing I want to say is uh, fireworks are dangerous. As much as we like to talk about fireworks and how fun they are on 4th of July or launching bottle rockets out of bottles. I have one at home. They're fun. They what, are fun. When's the last day of summer, Thomas? It's coming up. I uh, should shoot it off to to mark the end of summer. We should shoot it off. We should. In the street here in the city. Actually, I, that would be awesome. I think we should. We'll record it. Yeah, I just have one little... little uh, What's it called? Bottle, bottle, bottle rocket or no? It's not even a bottle rocket. It's one of those uh, torches. Um, oh, Roman candles. Yeah, Roman candle. Those work the same way too. 
It's just a smaller scale, right? Yeah. Let's do it. Why not? I think we should. To celebrate the end of a great summer. Yeah. But, hey, fireworks were meant for celebration, even from the beginning. So, hey, I think we're uh, utilizing it to its fullest potential right there. I'll BY my own firework. BYOF. Bring your own firework. FW. Firework is one word, right? Firework is one word. Interesting. Firework. And then it translates to controlled fire? Firework translates to pyrotechnic, which translates to fire art. Fire art. Wow. I love it. I love fireworks. I really enjoy fireworks. I think the best fireworks are ones that you do yourself where there's so much risk involved. And like you said, there's adrenaline, but not just the explosion, the adrenaline to get the fuse lit, to run away from the fuse, to see it running behind you. Slow motion, action film, you know? Some of those fuses are short too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any dogs? I do. You do have a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are they... S- no, he doesn't mind. He really doesn't. I thought he would, but yeah, if I drive dogs insane sometimes you know they don't some dogs just don't like the big sky it's like booms the aftermath of a giant fireworks show um you know you just hear car sirens sometimes off in the distance if they're weak and then you hear dogs or babies crying a little bit of everything a little bit of everything but that's my celebratory story matt what do you have this week for two top Thomas, what is that? What are you cooking up in the microwave over there? That's a that's a classic sound that everybody knows, right? The beep, beep, beep. And the door shutting, too. That, like, hollow, plasticky, thin metal sound of the microwave. It's it's a sound that's... I'm already thinking of popcorn. Like, I feel it. I'm in the zone. Are you hungry? I'm always hungry. Well, I'm not going to talk about food. I'm going to talk about the deliverance of the food. We're going to talk about the microwave. The microwave. Not the wavelength. A little bit about the wavelength, but we're talking about the machine. You know what's funny? I don't know much about the machine. I know a little bit about the wavelength, but besides that... It's it's very fascinating. I, I learned some things um, in taking notes. But this topic really spurred from a question I had. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Do you recognize when your microwave comes down to the final, say, five seconds, it seems to maybe not speed up but get louder? Yeah, I can. I've. I would say I've noticed it before. Does it does it make you nervous to open the door before it's done? Do you, are you nervous in general just to open the door before a microwave is done? I always try to get the microwave right before it beeps. Like so it the, doesn't beep <laughs> the perfect timing but i assume so you're you're fearless essentially some people are terrified of microwaves they won't even stand in the kitchen when something's in a microwave some people don't have them in their house no yeah it's and you know as i'll get to maybe that's not a bad idea to get rid of the microwave but maybe it doesn't matter i don't know let's we'll talk about it so like all of us, I use a microwave to heat up my leftovers, my various sauces. Honestly, I couldn't live without a microwave in my in my apartment. It's it's necessary, you know? Microwaves are great. 
How does it heat up the food though? And, and how does it heat up so quickly? What are these waves being put into your food? The microwave inside doesn't get hot. It's the item that gets hot. We're talking science here. We're talking, well, I'll, I'll get to the scientific method here. Right now, I just want to bring it back to a topic that you did, the World's Fair. In the 1933 Chicago World's Fair, um, demonstrated the cooking of foods between two metal plates attached to a 10 kilowatt, 60 megahertz short-weighted transmitter. It was the Westinghouse team, um, led by um, I.F. Muramtsif. Thank you, I.F. Found that foods like steaks and potatoes could be cooked in minutes. Pretty cool, right? Okay. Very early form of the microwave in 1933. What on earth was going through their heads? I don't know. They're probably just thinking of crazy things. That's how, science, like you said, fireworks, rocketry, crazy things. They were like, what if we put electri- electricity between two things and put something in between and see what happens to it? Is it going to explode? Is it going to heat up? And they're like, no, we're making chicken and potatoes. We're like, hmm, sounds good. Science, controlled science. Controlled science. Interesting. So let's talk about the history. The microwave has roots in radar research during World War II. Scientist Percy Spencer accidentally melted um, a candy bar in his pocket. After some experimentation, he patented the first microwave as we know it, in, and it was first sold in 1956. That wasn't that long ago, right? No. When you think of technology, um, that is not long at all. No. And for such a high... Now, like I was thinking, what's the most high-tech thing in your kitchen? Microwave. Yeah, like an oven just gets hot and convection, conduction. But a microwave, that's sh- that's shooting wavelengths at your at your food. It's more more scientific than my sink. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a sink is pretty basic. So microwaves are basically metal boxes containing a magnetron gun. You got a gun in your kitchen. It's a magnetron gun. It uses electricity to excite the electrons and get them to vibrate and release waves of non-ionized electromagnetic energy. This induces polar molecules in the food to rotate and produce thermal energy. That's the agitation, the rotation, in a process known as dielectric heating. Dielectric heating. Dielectric heating. Is there a quiz after this? Maybe. Maybe. Take notes. So radiation is at a frequency that's between radio waves and infrared light for microwaves usually around 2.45 gigahertz so this is um pretty similar to honestly your radio station waves and your wi-fi network waves hard to believe you think the microwave because it has such a great effect on your food of heating it up you think why doesn't your wi-fi do that why doesn't your um radio why doesn't why aren't we all fried just standing here with electromagnetic waves going through this room why, why are we not being cooked? Well, the microwave directs those at the food. And the way the waves work, they'll bounce off the metal sides of the microwave. And if you look at a map of how the waves travel through the microwave, if you picture a box, it goes in through the top normally, or sometimes sometimes the side. It's, it's normally the top, according to diagrams that I've seen. And the, the waves just bounce off every angle, every way, multiple times. They won't stop until the magnetic gun is off. Interesting, right? Well, I I heard that um, th- isn't the fan that's inside the microwave the thing that bounces the beam, like the waves bounce off the fan? I don't know. I... The moving air is important to get even coverage inside the microwave. Oh, okay, okay. Because literally, it's a conduction process. Because the molecules on the outside of the food are hit first, 
if you think about it. It's, it doesn't penetrate it. It just hits the molecules on the outside, and then they conduct to the molecules inside, molecules inside, and work their way in. That's why when you cook food in the microwave, sometimes you get cold spots, you know? It's yeah. not like everything. And when I picture a microwave, I'm like, why isn't this technology cook it all the way through? And some microwaves claim that they're better than others. I haven't recently been in the market for a microwave. A microwave is a microwave to me. You know, yeah, you I was can gonna stick say, it in I twice if you need to. I don't know the competitive microwave business, but I'm sure the, it's intense. It's intense in the microwave sales field. As, as advanced as it is, we still need to rotate our food. We still need to stir our sauces, you know? Interesting, right? It's not that advanced, but it is advanced because it's using waves to cook, to agitate those molecules. Two-minute cycle makes and then one minute cycles afterwards until it reached optimal temperature. I've read that message on almost everything that I everything I heat up in the microwave that has sauce. Yeah. So that beats out the myth that like what if I can turn the microwave on a higher power level for like half the time? You can't really do that because you need the molecules to conduct with enough time to reach the center of the food or sauce or whatever you're cooking in there. I don't think I've ever put it on low power. I'm a, I'm a high-power microwave guy. Always high. I don't even touch the power. I just press the quick 30 seconds normally because that's all I do. Multiple bursts of 30 seconds, and I stick my finger in it. Try it. So microwaves are made of alternating current, AC current, and magnetic fields because it's alternating means they're switching from clockwise to counterclockwise back and forth. So the magnetic waves, the electromagnetic waves, are traveling back and forth from the magnetron into the oven, passing through paper, plastic, and glass to hit the water, fat, and sugar molecules. That is what molecules, those molecules are what are agitated. Fat, water, and sugar molecules. It's pretty much everything that we make, right? Is there anything without water in it? No. Not really. So scientists aren't really sure what happens when the molecules are hit. There's there's two theories of thought. Either the waves cause the water molecules to agitate and generate heat, or the fat, sugars, and waters absorb the energy and release it as heat. It could go either way. Scientists are unsure. Isn't that a little unsettling to know that they don't know how the microwave truly cooks the food? It's unsettling when you realize it was invented in 1950s and that we've had 60, almost 70 years to find out what it does at this point. But still, nothing. Have you heard the myth that you it could mess up, it could give you cancer if you stand in front of it, or you could lose the ability to have children? Um, I've heard a lot of microwave myths. <laughs> microwave I've, uh, myths. It's a cool band name. <laughs> the microwave myths? Well, there's already a band called Microwave that I, I like. Hmm. Microwave. Well, I also know there's a myth that's like, it's like a, a life hack thing of um, apparently you shouldn't put your food in the middle of the microwave because if you put it on the outside, it gets, there's like a dead zone in the middle of the microwave. There shouldn't be any dead zones. Like we said, the fan's moving and it's AC current, meaning it alternates between every angle. It's it a must, box. Honestly, must be a myth. You know what I'm thinking of? Would, it, would a microwave work better if it had a rounded inside i don't mind holding the mic like this what if a microwave had a rounded inside that could be our prototype for the future that seems like very retro styled you know retro's back baby there's some really ugly microwaves out there but then there's some like stainless steel that look a little better but the microwave truly hasn't been redesigned since its introduction it's a box with a door with numbers on the right yeah Pretty odd, right? 
Very odd. I wonder if we could redo it. I don't know. Microwaves are cool. I actually, I'm thinking now, before I came here, I was watching YouTube videos, and there was one video that came up in my feed, of course, that was like, can you answer a cell phone in the microwave? And I didn't I didn't watch it, but I'm really curious now, and I really want to watch it. So right after this episode, we're going to watch it. Went the micro... That that reminds me of... um. To cancel out frequencies when there's other frequencies going on, it would totally disrupt the signal. I bet you'd lose Wi-Fi. Yeah, if if the signal, well, it depends on which is which is a stronger signal. But here's the fundamental can problem: penetrate signals can penetrate each other because there's so many signals going on in the air right now. Well, yeah, the different wavelengths they pass by each other. But I feel like you could. the The real issue is: do you know the um, the 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 joke of the wave charging? On the Apple iPhones, what wave charging? Uh, so the a new iPhone update came out, and a bunch of people were able to make fake, really Apple-looking ads. That um, Apple has now re- had has had a major software update that has re remapped the RFID sensors to be able to. Um, absorb microwave radiations and charge your phone instantly. In your pocket? No, by putting your phone in the microwave. No, and people have been putting their phones in the microwave? Yeah. Like a prank? No. Well, they genuinely thought. But the issue then goes back to you wouldn't be able to answer a phone call because the phone would get fried instantaneously. Yeah, okay. I didn't even think about that because, yeah, you're heating. the. There's definitely water. There's definitely there's a liquid gyroscope in your iPhone. It would... You know, metal and bad metal things. and microwaves do not play. Oh, okay. This branches me perfectly into the next topic. Why can't you put metal in the microwave, Thomas? If the inside of the microwave is made of metal, does that make sense to you? Did you know that? Oh, weird, right? Plot hole. It's not actually the metal. It's just the pointy ends, the tapering. So tin foil is really thin and has thin edges. That's what's going to catch on fire. That's going to channel the frequencies at that point and ignite with oxygen, you know. So forks are pointy on the end. Knives are pointy on the end. They always say don't put a fork in the microwave. What about a spoon? Could you put a spoon in it? I feel like we need to find some busted up microwaves and have some fun. Yeah. And it wouldn't be as dangerous as you think. We just need to stay back a little bit. Why don't that could be a video. Uh, There are already plenty of videos I can guarantee you out there on the internet. And I was watching many of them, including that phone one that I I didn't watch, but I want to watch after this. There's people love messing with microwaves. Microwaves are a good time. They're a great time. Microwave wavelengths are not as strong as as x-rays. No. No. They're in between microwave. You said uh, infrared and um, radio waves. Yep. At 2.45 gigahertz, right in between radio waves and infrared light. Now, are they safe to have in your kitchen? Yeah. Definitely? They are. But scientists still debate that today. The FDA has, has regulated that it's fine. You can use them. It um, Microwaving is just as safe as any other method of cooking because you're co- you're heating the food and killing bacteria in it with the heat. The same amount as, like, say, a conventional oven. Well, that's the most important part. So let's go back to my last question. The microwave seems to speed up and go crazy at the last, like, five, three seconds of, of, of the process. What is going on? So 
take it over to Reddit here. There's a, there's a long discussion on this. Why does the sound in my microwave make changes when it's nearly done? And people say, the magnetron turns off for a few seconds while the fan stays on to cool the electronics. Oh. It's the fan. You're, and they calculate it into the amount of time that it cooks. It's not a, If you type in 30 seconds, it's not actually cooking for 30 seconds. It's cooking for like 25 seconds with a five-second cool down. Did you know that? I feel like they're taking away from my cooking time. Yeah, exactly. And they felt like if your food, the, the companies when they were designing these microwaves, if, if you said 30 seconds and it cooked for 30 seconds and then you couldn't open it until the fan's done, that would make people upset. But that because people don't know that the fan's still going within that 30 seconds they anticipated, they don't get upset. Right. That if makes I, sense. If I told you your microwave, you could use your microwave, but you would have to wait five seconds after every time you used it, would you buy that microwave or would you buy one that's like, we don't have anything like that? I would buy the one that's normal. Yeah, the normal one as we know it. So isn't that interesting that it does that? That is interesting. Also, is it important for your microwave to cool down? Probably makes it last a little bit longer. Heat definitely can deteriorate your your components inside the microwave after a while. Yeah, uh, heat does bad things to things. After a while, yeah. I'm I sure. wonder what happens if you throw a firework in the microwave. Is there water or sugar or fat inside a firework? I'm sure there's a little bit of water. It there might ignite it. Mm, experiments. We need to do a lot of experiments. A lot of experiments, a lot of slow motion cameras. We'll get on that right away. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think that's that's a wrap. We should wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap it. Wrap Don't it. wrap it in foil, though. No. Don't wrap it in foil and throw it in the microwave. You could do a paper towel. That's what I do. Ooh, I always do paper towel. Yeah. Paper towels are good. Keep the splatter down, too. Ooh, paper towels are a fantastic invention. Yeah, I use paper towels for everything. I coat things. I sometimes eat dinner off a plate with a paper towel on top of it and then the food on top so I don't have to wash the plate. I just throw out the paper towel. Terrible for the environment. I oh. know I shouldn't do that. I removed the plate from the operations, just paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. But I think that's it for you guys this week. Um, we'll see you guys next time for another two topics. See you soon. See you in a week. Hey, Thomas, Does do, do our fans have a name? Are they two toppers? Two toppers? Are they, should we call our fans something? Hey, all you two toppers out there, you're back for another episode of Two Top Podcast. Ooh. Is that weird? Rocketeers. The Rocketeers? Two toppers. Hey, all you toppers, top casters, you, all you topper dangers. Yeah, we're going to stop here while we're ahead. See ya. <laughs> this was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and join us next week for another Two Topics.